dedicated to radically remove all obstacles to your destiny. And now, help me to welcome our host, Dr. Faye. Well, hello everybody and welcome back to another Empower Me Now. I'm Dr. Faye, and as you know, Empower Me Now is a radio broadcast that features special guests who have a specialized vision and mission for the kingdom of God, people who were movers and shakers for the glory of God, who were writing, who were singing, who were dancing, who were preaching, praising God, or who have a business idea and a venture. And if you're one of those people, we invite you to contact our office at support at drfay.com, and you too can be a guest here, just like the guest today. And her name is Persia Per, uh, no, it's not. It's per, sh, Parashan Behal. Parashan Behal. <laughs> She's a professional speaker who inspires people like you and I in the areas of personal and professional development. Her passion is polishing people into purpose with precision. She's known for her vivacious and engaging personality. Parashat has illuminated, illumined the following professionals and ministry platforms. How do you like that word, illuminant? Yeah. <laughs> illuminant. Yeah. You got it? Yeah. Seminar, workshop, facilitators, news reporter, producer, TV, radio show producer, radio personality, worship leader, and MC and stage performer. She's a prolific writer, and that's what has brought her to this show today is because of a book that she's written called My Mama Told Me. Wow, that is so <laughs> powerful. Parashat, welcome to Empower Me Now. Thank you, Dr. Faye. I am thrilled to be here. Well, it is it is exciting. We had to go through a couple little hurdles to get her on the show. She's a busy lady, and so we had to make it work and to create an atmosphere at a time where she could come in and share her vision or mission. And, Parashan, you are a native of Dallas, Texas. I am indeed a proud native nonetheless. Yeah, Born I and raised to- in Dallas, Texas. Born and raised in Dallas. I lived in Dallas for about eight years. I believe, absolutely loved the city, loved the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Would not have left, say, for the call of God, saying, time to leave. (laughs) Time to go into other spaces. So that's what I have done. But I am glad to be connected with you today and to talk a little bit about your past, your passion, your vision, your mission, what God has called you to do. This book, My Mama Told Me, it says motherly wisdom for everyday living. And just looking at the back, encapsulating a little bit so that you can talk more about this, is that the children are crying. Can't you hear them? Where are the fathers? Where are the mothers? 
There is a loud cry in the land. It's the children's cry that emanates from God's cry. Many parents are MIA, and consequently the state of the world today is a clear indication that something has gone horribly wrong. Nevertheless, from God's perspective, the parental road hasn't been negated. Author Parishon B. Hall is here today to talk to us about why she feels that the children are crying. Mm. Well, I was one of those children crying in the land. Uh, My mama told me was inspired by my own mother, first of all, my own mother, and who has gone on to be with the Lord, but she left me a legacy of love here to share with the world. And uh, she became a single parent after my parents' divorce. I was in the fourth grade. I have two brothers, one older, one younger. Uh, And so I grew up in a house of uh, family violence where my father was uh, abused, my mother physically, and it was just a, a volatile, unsafe environment. So the children were were crying. Uh, I was crying. I wanted peace in the home, and I did what I could uh, to help establish that peace as a child. Can you imagine? Um, helped to help protect my mother, uh, who ultimately and eventually uh, by the fifth grade uh, got us out of that situation. So um, it is a, a commendation to her, to motherhood, uh, and certainly most of all, to godly parenting, mm-hmm. uh, because the children are crying. The children were crying then, but they're crying. The cry, the the cry is louder now, mm-hmm. and it seems that the the ears of the parents, many of the parents, have gone deaf. So I have been uh, chosen as one of the ones to speak on behalf of the children, to awaken the parents, uh, to to give some instruction and wisdom that I received, you know, and and the example that my mother provided uh, to help save families because that's the heart of of the Lord. God is concerned about families, and we know that the family system, the marital system in and is and has been under attack. Mm -hmm. So I've been one of the ones that has been called to address the issues of the family. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, that's um, this book is so interesting, and I identify with it in so many ways. And growing up in a family where there's um, a lot of violence, because abuse is violence, you know, we can call it whatever, but it is violence, one person toward another. And so you as a child watching your mother, uh, I suppose, uh, suffer this abuse of your father, how do you think this affected you internally? Because there are many people who will listen to this program, and some are women who are still now in those abusive situations, and we can go, God knows, for days and days to talk about the number of women who live in those type of situations. But I, from a child's perspective, if you can recall, and since you are the author of this book, you had to recall, and I know as an author myself, we have to go back to those moments that we want to uh, bring light to those situations. What was what was the kind of feelings that you were experiencing as a child? Uh, the greatest and the most overwhelming feeling was fear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I and I can it's, I can as I look back on it now, I can see how the Lord was attuning me to my purpose, even in the midst of 
that horrible situation uh, because I was able to uh, cue in on or discern when trouble was about to break out. And so I, I learned to be proactive in, in trying to stop it before it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that looked like me pleading with my father to not harm my mother. Uh, and I was successful sometimes, other times I wasn't. Uh, but I was always in the middle of it trying to to protect her, to stop, because I was afraid and I was lived with the fear of losing my mother because her life during that time was uh, threatened. You know, mm-hmm. it's a threatening, uh, very fearful environment. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and my mother did what she could to comfort me, comfort us. You know, with three three of us, we all took on different roles in that household. Um, my older brother, he was the rebel. So he was the type, and, you know, we're all in elementary school at this point. So um, he was the type to call the police. He's like, he hated my father, and he's like, I'm getting on the phone. And by the time he could get to the phone, my father had hung up the phone. And, of course, me, as I mentioned, I was the one in the middle trying to rescue my mom, trying to make peace. And then my younger brother, he was the hider. So whenever something was going on, the domestic violence was going on, you couldn't find him anywhere. I mean, he literally was hiding in a closet. And so it just broke out fear. And my older brother was more angry and rebellious as a result. So, uh, and it put, you know, it put us all in a codependent situation. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I remember as a child, not, not really, you know how children are supposed to, it really took my childhood. You know, I didn't have a childhood. I think, that's one of the reasons why now, as a grown adult woman, I enjoy the little girl in me. And she will come out and, and have mm-hmm. fun, and I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm, more, I'm more childlike now. Um, God has given me grace to be that way because um, it was literally robbed in the home uh, years ago. So, um, but, yeah, that, it's so important for children to be able to be children. And as parents, one of the things I've said is that, if parents are not parents, then children cannot be children. Right. You know, and the fight is to preserve the the innocence and the safety of children. And um, even though I was in a, an abusive home environment, my mother did what she could, um, you know, to protect us. To I mean, he never. My dad never harmed us. Um, you know, in that way, um, he was he was just violent towards my mother. So um, so I had to care. I learned to caretake very early, mm-hmm. you know, which was not, you know, it's purposeful, but it, it was really not really the place of a child. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's the role that I assumed. And then I began to feel like throughout my childhood that if I wasn't there, then my mother couldn't be safe. Mm-hmm. So, and you think about children and how they're supposed to, well, Children are supposed to, that's your exploration stage in life. You know, you're finding out what you like to do, you're playing, you know, it's all about you, you know. Right. Uh, And so, um, but for me, it was all about keeping my mother safe Mm -hmm. for a long time. 
and, and many children normally take that role as the protector, the caretaker, and why mm-hmm. that's built in us. I, I really have no explanation for it except that it is that way because it is that way, that as mm-hmm. a child we're growing up because I, too, have been in that situation, and you're growing up and you see this abuse and you feel like there should be something that you can do. Something that, mm-hmm. you can, something that you can say or maybe you can fix it. And many times the the wife who is typically the abused wo- woman, you know, there are men who are abused also, are, are in that situation where they feel like they can fix it, they can change, or they mm-hmm. shouldn't have done certain things, and they become guilty. They feel guilty about not being able to prevent that person from, from abusing them. So children carry a weight, and many times from childhood into adulthood, because of right. living in situations that are abusive, because of the the language, the the you know just the constant. But one of the things that you praised your mother for was that that she had the wherewithal to get out of that situation. Yes, and her children along. Unlike many mothers like mine who stayed in it, yours. Was a, your mom was able to move on, and I believe that that's when the lessons of life really began. When you saw your mother moving along in her life, Absolutely. and she was able to mentor and minister to you along the way. So let's pick it up there. The the moment that your mom decided to divorce your dad or to move out, let let our listeners know what happened. Okay, well, it just she saw how afraid her children were. Mm -hmm. You know, my dad made threats to my older brother, literally telling him at one point that I'm going to kill her, you know. And so my mother came home that evening and we told her that what he said, what my father had said to us, uh, to my older brother. And so we, we said, you know, we don't want to stay here tonight. We were too afraid to stay at home. So I remember my mother, because of what we were saying, my mother packed us up some clothes, some overnight clothes, um, to go stay at a friend's house. So that was really the beginning of her escaping. And I remember my mother telling me, she said, the only reason she didn't leave sooner was because she didn't believe she could take care of three children by herself. But I think she reached some point during that time that, she was already doing that. She was taking care of three children by herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that gave her the strength to leave. She she even told me, you know, there were days during the abuse that she just didn't want to wake up. Mm-hmm. You know, she had gotten down to 99 pounds at one point, and she just didn't want to wake up. She was ahead of her time. She was seeing a psychiatrist and getting counseling. In the black community, we know certainly – Back in the 70s, that was unheard of. Sure. Uh, But she was a trailblazer in that right. Um, So she gained the strength, and and she said, you know, the Lord really impressed upon her heart that, hey, you've got to live for these children. Mm -hmm. These children need you. So uh, with his strength, she was able to muster up enough strength to move us out, and she moved us way across town. You know, she, my mother was the type, she never really went back um, if it was, bad memories, you know, sometimes I guess the memories for her which is too painful to revisit. So she never revisited those places. Mm-hmm. You know. The place where we live. I've been back a few times, you know, remembering just not I mean certainly the bad memories, but there were a few good things that I do remember. But she was not yeah. the type to go back. Right. 
right. Well, you know, that's scripture. <laughs> Forgetting those things which are behind, well, reaching forth yes. into those things which are before, we press toward the mark for the prize of that's, the high calling of God, right. which is in Christ Jesus. So those of you yes. who are listening, if you're in an abusive situation, and I I didn't want to spend a lot of time there, but it's, it, it bears respect that we've got to talk to, to um, women who are in that situation because uh, yes. Parashan has, ha, has come through, um, has grown up and out of an abusive home where violence was part of the culture of that family, and her mom had the unctioning to move out and to save herself as well as her children. And those of you who are listening who may be in situations right now and you're feeling like you're stuck and you can't move, you can't get out, unless you're chained down to the house hmm. some way, you can walk. You That's can right. mobilize your legs. You can get out of that situation. And yeah. as and, and, and we're in the 21st century now. We're talking about a woman who lived in the 20th century and mm-hmm. in a time where not only there was a great racial divide in the 70s, still in the 70s, there was mm-hmm. also this, this religious thinking that you should never get a divorce. You should never right. leave your man. You should not. You just take it. You just take whatever you take. You take it. Mm. And that's the culture that existed in those right. days. And here's a woman, per, uh, Parashan's mom, who decided that she was not of the culture. She was not of the, 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 the natural circumstance. She was just not going to be. She, this woman was defiant of social yes. norms. Yes. And yes. she did something that very few women, see, I don't know your mama, but I know I know your mama, you know. Yes. She did something that very few women would have dared to do. Mm-hmm. Leave your man, leave your husband, leave your home, take your children and run for your mm-hmm. life. Right. Very few right. did that. There were women who were still dying because they're trying to hold on to a man, trying to hold on mm-hmm. to the house. I can name hundreds of women that I've met over the eons of time who have stayed and to their own hurt, to their own harm. So, ladies, if you are in a situation and you're being abused, you need to get out. You need to get yes. make a 911 for yourself and your children. And many women yes. will say exactly the, the answer, uh, Parashan, that your mom gave you is, I, I didn't know if I could take care of three children. How try 13. Try 10. Regardless of how many children you have, your life is worth saving. Yes. Your children are worth saving. You don't know what damage it does to your children, ladies, when you continue to stay with an abusive man because you think the money is right. You're afraid mm. that there won't be a roof over your head. Believe me when I tell you, if you will get out, the community will rally behind you. If you will get yes. out, there will be people that will come to your aid and support. If you will just take the first step, it will be a step of faith. And you have to yes. step out of the boat and decide that you're not going to go back in, just like Parashan's mom. Decide that you're not going to go back in that boat. It was too crowded. <laughs> too crowded well, means too many fists upside your head. Too crowded right. means to be called names that you don't deserve. Too crowded means that you're being deprived emotionally, sexually, physically, financially. It's too mm. crowded in there for you and your soul. 
So it's time to exit. Some of you need to plan your exit strategy and get on up out of there and save your children from an emotional distress for life and that you yes. too can be able to start over again. God has a plan for your life. you got to trust Amen. God above that paycheck that you think he's bringing in. He's not helping you when he's hurting you. There is no help in hurting. Amen. Amen. It's hurt. It's hurt. So, Parashat, your mom comes out of the situation. She starts a new life, and she begins to teach you some very, very valuable lessons in life. And I just want to just kind of go over these chapters, uh, mm-hmm. just to highlight these chapters in this book. And we're going to give you guys this information. Parashat, why don't you go ahead while I'm turn into your page, your content page here, go ahead and tell people how to buy this book because I know people want to buy it now. They just want to go ahead and get okay. the book. And so, Dr. Faye, okay. I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. Let me just go get the book. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, it's available at my website, perishan.com. That's P-E-R-I-S-E-A-N.com. Uh, it is also available on Amazon. So, uh, And the title of the book, again, is My Mama Told Me. Motherly Wisdom for Everyday Living. Go there now and get the book. Uh, Make a note to get the book because you can come back and re-listen to this uh, radio broadcast. It will be an archive or if you're listening to it on YouTube or wherever you're listening to it in social media, you can go back, mark it, go back and get it again. There's some very powerful chapters in here. I mean, all of the book is extremely powerful. It's inspirational. It's motivational and very encouraging. And I would like to see every person that's in an abusive relationship get their hands on this book, Parashan, just to talk about the victory. This woman in this era, man, I can't get away from that, that in the 70s she left. In the the 70s she left. Yes, yes, she did. And And, and I'm sure she was condemned by the church and everybody else, but she did what she needed to do. Go ahead. Well, as a matter of fact, she really had the support of her church. My mother was a church organist. Mm. And I remember some of her friends telling me years later that sometimes they would see her, before she left, to see her come to church with bruising, you know. Uh, but we had a a loving church community that wrapped a, their arms around us. So uh, uh. we did not, in this sense, thank God, experience any persecution from the church. So uh, well, thank God. <laughs> yes, praise God for that. Um, it was a you know once we left the house, you know, and here's a I think it's a good point. Uh, once you leave that environment that that particular abuser owns, mm-hmm. when you move into your own environment. You know, own your own environment, and it, it just takes on a whole new level because uh, my father did keep us keep in touch with us, but once my mother left that house, he no longer came towards her as an abuser. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking about that now. And, and the other part is, you know, too many women feel like they have to have a man in their life. And that gets us into trouble. The only only person we have to have is the Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he wants to show us what he can do because we have a warped view of what love and care really is all about. But the Father wants to show us just that. And I believe he definitely showed that to my mother once she was able to get from under that, from out of that darkness into his light uh, and how he provided that we began to see miracles that occurred, you know, when mother worked three jobs and was trying to, you know, working to put food on the table and uh, 
losing jobs, you know, bad jobs. She even left a couple of jobs because it was just bad, you know. Um, so she she really didn't put up with a whole lot, and she protected her children. I remember she uh, was out of work for a little while. Uh, we were praying. This is one of the miracles. Uh, she always, I'm not, me being the only girl, she always grabbed my hand and said, hey, we're going to go pray. <laughs> so um, I remember one time we didn't have food, you know, we didn't have rent. Uh, we were facing eviction. Uh, so my mother said, come on, we're going to go pray. And we knelt beside my bed and we prayed. And while we were praying, it's like that story in the in the Bible when Peter was in jail. Right. right. Uh, was that Peter? I'm going to make yep. sure I get my and Rhoda, right. Yeah, Rhoda Hello. answered the door. Yeah. <laughs> while, this, while, they were, while we were praying, mm-hmm. somebody was knocking at the door. Mm-hmm. And so we went to the uh, we went to the door, and there was this church that was in our community not not our church we were in our church was located somewhere else but church nearby us where we live they were knocking on the door they came in the door with a rent check and they came in with groceries mm. now my mother had a friend that was a member of this church and the friend told my mother nothing of you know, what she was going to do. And so she contacted her church, and next thing we know, here we've got rent paid, we've got, you know, a job opportunity for my mother, Mm -hmm. and we've got groceries. Mm -hmm. So that's an example of... While we were praying. Yeah, come on. While we were yet praying, God was answering. And so uh, that's just one example, and and God wants us to trust. I learned how to pray with my mother. You know, when Mm -hmm. times got hard, I know... You know, I knew what I needed to do, and that was to pray. Uh, I knew that I needed, if I'm in a bad situation, I, I knew I needed to step into faith, mm-hmm. you know, to believe God. That I knew that I didn't have to put up with something that was uh, not good for me, not healthy for me. Mm-hmm. So she taught me a lot of what I didn't have to put up with, you know, and how I could get answers, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. So, and then she gave another example of... Um, you know, she, I, my mother dated a few times, but she never brought men around us. And we knew that we were always her priority. Uh-huh. That's, I think that is huge, and, and that lesson definitely needs to be taught today because I've seen it. Too many women are putting these men, these so-called men, who are a lot of times if they're abusers are still little boys in men's suits. Um, they're putting these men ahead of their children. And they're putting their own needs ahead of their children. So when you're a parent, that's not the time to put your needs before your children, you know, when your kids are small. Well, we can't give away what we don't possess if we haven't learned to self-love. You know, if you haven't learned to love yourself, you can't love your neighbor. And so the church has a responsibility, and men and women of God have a responsibility to teach the gospel, yes. and to reach out to people that are hurting, to reach out to communities again, and to find yes. ways of reaching the single moms mm. that are hurting, because desperation will lead you to do desperate things. Right. And right. when you have bills to pay, and the, there's more month at the end of the money than money at the right. end of the month. So you right. feel that you have to do something because you haven't developed this trusting, loving relationship with the Lord God. You hear the mm-hmm. preacher say, well, God will deliver, but that doesn't mean anything to you. Those are preacher words. 
They're not my everyday waking, walking, talking life words. Those are preacher mm-hmm. words, and so mm-hmm. I, the preachers have to uh, to to come out of the pulpit of pulling people in the pit, and go and pull mm-hmm. some out of the pit, and right. be men and women of integrity, men and women with compassion and mercy, that will be able to sense, as it were in in the in in your mother's day, how th- that church came to her, came mm-hmm. bringing food, came right. bringing money came bringing mm-hmm. blessings while you right. guys were praying. God was already moving, you know. Right. They didn't bag right. the groceries at that moment. They were already in progress. God already knew that. And right. But your mom, you guys had to see the result of stepping out in faith. And yes. ladies and, and gentlemen, take this lesson. Take this lesson and say, you know what, here's a family who stepped out. Here's a mom who got tired of having black eyes and bruises and and was led out, and God brought her out, delivered her, and she was able to raise her children with the help of God in the church and loving and kind people because there are always people God will send along the way. There's always yes. people. But you never know the other the, – you never know the results of stepping out if you don't step out. You'll wonder if, what if I had moved? What if I had right. taken that step of faith? If you take it, then you will know. Right, if you take right. it, you will begin to experience it. And, and Parashan, once your mom left that house, and I, and I heard what you said, she once she left, you know, he did not come there because he did not have authority there. He did not right. have dominion there. He That's lost right. authority because she came from underneath his leadership, underneath right. that dark cloud, and she created yeah. her own establishment. And David, the psalmist says, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the hmm. Lord than to be seated in the congregation of the wicked. <laughs> I'd rather Amen. be living in Amen. a tree house than in That's a mansion right. with an abusive man, a demonic right. spirit. It's not about right. the things, ladies and gentlemen. It's about right. God and having this relationship with him is what Parashan is really saying. It's about Amen. building that relationship from inside out to you don't know that there's anything missing. You're not you're right. not just saying some spiritual cliche, Parashan, like we hear people say, oh, I'm whole, nothing missing, nothing broken. But, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Why are you so desperate? Why are you still, mm. you know, you're not standing on yeah. the corner, but really you're standing on the corner. You know? Right. You, Absolutely. You're, you're, you're selling yourself short. You know, mm-hmm. you're compromising mm-hmm. your, your spiritual standards and, and saying, well, you know, God, I'm going to try to make this work. I heard someone say to me the other day where they were going to, they had all these things to do, and then they just asked God to bless them, to help them to get it done. I said, whoa, wrong prayer, wrong prayer. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I said, that you're doing it backwards. That's why you're exhausted. Right. You're toiling all night and catching nothing. I said, so you, here's what we do. We go to God and say, what is it? What is the agenda? What is it that you want me to do with this life? You gave me this life. I give it back to you. You tell me what to do with it. How do I live it out? And not get right. caught up in all of the, the what we call normal things of living, the more normal way of life. In your book, My Mama Told Me, Motherly mm-hmm. Wisdom for Everyday Living, we're talking to Parashan B. Hall. You can get this book at Amazon or over at her website at parashan.com. And go there, and that's P-E-R-I-S-E-A-N dot com. Go there. Pick up your copy today. You'll be glad you did. In this book, she talks about her, these lessons from from her mama. I like mama. That's what I call my mama. These lessons yes. from her mama. 
mama words to me, mama on my name, mama on forgiveness, mama on beauty, mama on motherhood, mama my helper, mama my biggest cheerleader, mama's pet peeves, which I want to get to mama's pet peeves here. (laughs) Mama steered my course, mama's lessons, my blessings, that's cute, mama's frequent sayings, mama on men and her children, wow, Mama on trusting God, Mama on tithing, on loneliness, hair, hygiene, dignity, dying. Even when she was dying, she ordered her to live, ordered me to live. Remaining calm in a storm, follow through on leadership, on being on time. Mama's passion for words. Mama didn't tell me this. <laughs> and a salutation to Mother's courage. Kind words about Mama and how Mama lives on and the Mama I remember. Perishant. Talk to us about because we're not going to give the whole book away here, but we want to talk about <laughs> Mama's pet peeves. Oh Lord! <laughs> well, the thing that my mother hated the most were just she used to call it uncouth behavior. Mm-hmm. For one, so you know, even if it was burping, you you just didn't do that out loud. Manners were big in our house, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're big with me. So that's an example of one of her pet peeves. Also, because she was a lover of words, the the mispronunciation of words. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to go around talking about, you know, I mean, you know, unless you were wired this way, it wouldn't even occur to you, you know. Uh, but she helped my wiring when it came to words. So I would say, you know, it's in Psalms 103. And she would tell me, it's Psalm 103. And then, you know, there would be another word. I would say often. No, it's often. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so when it came to grammar, things of that nature, and then because she was a musician, uh, choir, church musician, when choirs mispronounced names, when enunciation was really bad in choirs, like, you know, I, I pointed out words like, uh, the word worship, mm-hmm. and many choirs said worship instead of worship, and you know just things like that <laughs> that uh, really. And then the worst pet, pet peeve of all of hers was to see anybody mistreated. Mm-hmm. You know, my mother was a warm and winsome woman, loving, uh, but if you ever wanted to get on her bad side, mm-hmm. you mistreat somebody. It didn't matter who it was, and I pointed out an example in the book where uh, we had been, we were the visiting church choir, and uh, after the service, uh, my mother witnessed this older man just really talking to this young girl, and the more he talked to her, the more upset the young girl became, and my mother just stood there in the middle of, um, well, at the doorway of the sanctuary, and they were inside the sanctuary, and everybody else had left out of the sanctuary and, and I was standing there with my mother like watching her get angry and I was like mother let's go let's go no I am not going anywhere is what she said and she looked and once she realized that this young girl was being abused by whatever this man was saying mm. my mother started calling for the pastor out loud mm-hmm. where is the senior pastor you know where mm-hmm. I was like mother be quiet <laughs> you know um, I was in college at the time but she's like, she did not stop until she got, and this is a well-known pastor. She did not stop until she got all the way to the pastor, the senior pastor's office. 
She didn't call for the deacon. So by the time she told him what happened, the pastor came out and addressed this man and handled that situation. But she hated to see anybody. She was a fighter, and, and her name, Sandra, her name was Sandra Catherine Bolden Hall. And the word Sandra, the name Sandra means defender of men. Mm, okay. And that was definitely her. <laughs> so those are some of her pet peeves. Wow. Well, you know what? I can respect every one of those pet peeves because God knows I feel the same way. It, it, yes. Those, especially, particularly the one with hurting people, people who hurt yes. people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. That's just. Yes. That's just. Um, I. I. I can see myself doing the scourging cord, going through the temple. <laughs> I, you know, I can see myself taking out the sword, cutting off somebody's ear. Yes. You know, yeah, I, I'm I can, the same way too. Yeah. I am just. I am just. I, there's just no cause for it. I don't. I don't care who you are. How, right. how much money you have, or what? I just uh, people who abuse people need to be mm-hmm. dealt with. Absolutely. You know, Jesus spoke as they were able to hear, and if they cannot hear the word, then they need to hear something else. You know, hear the hello. Story. That's <laughs> it. That's they need it. To hear. Talk about some of Mama's frequent sayings. Some of her frequent sayings. Well, she was kind of funny. Mother was funny. Um, one of the things I remember her saying is that, you know, your habits follow you. So, you know, I remember being in middle school and going home and telling people, you know, so-and-so's locker was just a mess, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would come home and tell her, and she's like, well, you know, your habits follow you. And then she talked to me about, as a young girl, I was – probably in third grade, second, third grade, my mother started talking to me about a woman's reputation. And she told me, she said, your reputation follows you wherever you go. And she talked about how the difference between a woman's reputation and a man's reputation and how, you know, men would be able to, in society would be able to get away with more. But once a woman's reputation is impugned or marred, it's hard to get rid of. Right. So, you know, things like watch the company you keep was another, mm-hmm. you know, and don't, you know, some of these things I thought my mother wrote, but I found out later they were in him. <laughs> right, that they were they quite were in common. the Bible. You know, yeah. Some of them in the Word. I was like, I thought my mother was the originator of uh what was that one? Uh, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. <laughs> and I found out years. I was like, I thought my mother wrote that. <laughs> but that was she was always big on that. Um, but yeah, just some of those things that come to mind right now. Well, what about the things your mama didn't tell you? My my no, now I'm a singer and I'm I'm a little I'm having a little fun but yeah that that hits home. Um, some of the most costly lessons in my life I, I did not learn uh, that I learned after Mother went to heaven. So, um, ooh, what she didn't tell me. Well, she Mother, I was sheltered. You know, with me being her only girl, she brought me in close. There were just certain things she just didn't believe I should know about life. Mm. You know, she 
taught me. I always believe because the way she taught me, you know, there's I always see the good. I, I was trained to see the good in everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't trained to see where I needed to be cautious. Mm-hmm. So I, I learned some very, very costly, costly lessons um, in trusting too much with people. Uh, and my mother, she didn't treat, teach me um, self-love because I grew up in an environment of caring for everyone else. Mm-hmm. And so I'm still, I'm still learning to do that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but when we don't love ourselves and we're too busy concentrating on others, uh, it really gets us off track and, and out of whack. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just the the biggest cost of, um, and, and it's not that, you know, my mother, you know how mothers are. They want the best for their children. They want to protect them. Uh, she didn't believe that we should have to go through anything. You know, they don't want any scars on their children, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of, they don't want any hurt, harm, or, or danger coming to their children. And, you know, of course I would have heartaches through life, and she would tell me at that time, she said, well, you know, Mama wish she could fix this. You know, mothers really want to be in the place of, uh, they want to take on the pain of their children, but they can't, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, it was just, let me, uh, am I, I need to get back on track here. No, 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 uh, no. You, you, are, you are traveling into to that space where, let me tell you where it turned. It turned yes. when you said that you were still working on learning how to love yourself. Yes. And that brought and, back some additional memories. I sensed that. So that brought back some additional memories, and you began to draw some things out there. But And you're so right. The, one of the things that each and every one of us must learn to do, it is paramount. We will mm-hmm. not do any great works. We will only do breadcrumb stuff rather than taking the whole loaf because we do not take time for the most important person God gave us. That's us, ourselves. That's right. Right. And right. for God so loved, hey, Papa, for God so loved himself <laughs> some say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, that he gave his only begotten son that if they mm-hmm. would receive him, they would have everlasting life, not when I die life, but everlasting life now. He didn't That's die right. in the future. He died over 2,000 years ago. So everlasting life was made available to, to me then and present, and present in me when I received Christ as my Lord Amen. and Savior. So Amen. self-love is extremely important. Sadly, Parashat, many mm-hmm. circles, religious circles, have taught people and ingrained this in the psyche of people to not do for yourself. Right, right, right. That you need to always be, always try to help others, always try to be a blessing to somebody else mm-hmm. until you burn out and you've mm. got no more to give, and you go home, to, not you, but somebody you, go home mm-hmm. depressed, feeling isolated mm-hmm. and alone after right. having given out to everybody else. Mm-hmm. That is not right. God's way. God's right. way is pamper yourself. Right. Take a bubble bath. Take a vacay. Yeah. Sometimes yes. you can vacate at home. That means vacation. That means vacate anything that's causing additional stress in your life. Thank you. 
separate yourself from some Twittering if you have to, if Facebook, whatever you need to do. Except don't right. stop listening to this show and <laughs> right. <laughs> don't stop following us around on social media. But take time to mm-hmm. love on you. Some of us don't even know ourselves. That's why we can't love ourselves. We don't even know who we are. We've never met mm-hmm. ourselves. I, I was I did a, a meeting last night with some women and 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 God gave me this this whole new thing to do. We've been doing empower me clinics, but now we're doing what we call intimacy. Mm, Taking time to really be still long enough to get to know who's inside of you, to get to know the Father who lives inside. And he wants us to know who we are so that we can know who he is. And we cannot, again, we cannot give away what we don't possess. We are so valuable, so wonderful, Mm -hmm. so fearfully and wonderfully made that he wants us to get to know our own self and and feel good about us. You mentioned being that little girl. And yes. saying that, yes. and, and being in that place of laughter, and and knowing how fun this journey of life can be. Yes, yes. But because of circumstances and, and situations and teachings, well-meaning teachers, we've mm-hmm. become slaves to time. Come on. And we're always mm. trying to beat the clock. Because we've mm. got so much to do. And I taught the women last night, I said, you only have three things to do every day. Three. They looked at me, what what are you talking about? Three? You can't, you don't know my life. And how could you, of all people, say we have three things to do every day? I said, Mm. you only have three important things to do every day. Mm. One for morning, one at noon, and one at night. I don't know what those three are. But there are only Mm -hmm. three that God will give you. Mm. And I said, those three are the most important. And I said, once, and then he'll tell you when to do those three. What time you do the morning? What time you're what you're doing in the noon? What you're doing in the afternoon? What are you doing? I said, and everything else will fit into the slots where they're supposed to be. That is right. I said, multitasking is a deceiving spirit. Mm, mm, mm. Our My minds Lord. were created to make one thing. Paul said, this one thing I do. <laughs> yes. This focus thing I do. Yes. I'm going to keep my eyes on the prize because the devil wants us to be distracted. He came to kill, steal, and destroy. We wrote a little book called Fatal Distraction. He Ooh. wants to take our minds off of our, off the main thing and get us over here. And, what, and, and Parashan, what we're doing is really good-looking stuff. See. <laughs> it really looks important and valuable. I mean, we're mm-hmm. hitting platforms, we're writing books, we're singing songs, we're dancing, we're building organizations, we're building ministry, we're, mm. we're building businesses, and we're just doing and doing and doing and doing and doing mm. and empty right. because we can't even being. breathe. We can't even get in touch with our own breath. Right, right. We don't even know our own sound. Right, right. And see, that's that what sense? I believe. Yes, totally, totally. And that's what I believe my purpose is all about, helping people to realize who they are, mm-hmm. who they were created to be. I call myself a fit specialist. Ah, okay. A fit specialist. So, you know, God has a place for everyone. You know, mm-hmm. we, we are seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places, yes. uh, but we also have earthly places where yes. he's called us, you know, we have, we have to place our foot of authority on 
So we have to know what that specific place is. My place is not your place, you know. Mm-hmm. But once we, once we hit that place, yeah. we, we fit it. We don't have to force it mm-hmm. because it fits. When it fits, it fits. You don't have to force a fit. And so uh, my passion is, as God works with me, to discover, continue to discover who I am, to discover, to explore, and to expose who I am. Yes, yes. You know, he will use me, continue to use me to help other people do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I did something pretty risky, and and he's getting me to uh, step out a bit more because mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm one of the ones I'm I'm well aware of many many of the gifts and talents and all of what God has given me to do, um, mm-hmm. but sometimes I've gotten in my own way. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, I don't know if I need to do this. You know. <laughs> And then, uh-huh. but, but it's at a point in my life, I'm like, okay, it's time, it's now or never. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's where I am now. So I decided, you know, God's given me the ability to inspire people. And one of my uh, life mottos is, and, and slogan, I'm not sure what it's called, but it's, it's what inspires me, is what I'm called to do. It is inspiring men and women to love unconditionally, to hope unashamedly, and to live authentically. Mm. That's what I live by. And so, you know, we have to live by the lesson. God's going to use that lesson on us first before uh-huh. he releases us. So, um, but I sing, I write, and so, I, you know, I've been kind of acting a little shy and scared about some things. Mm-hmm. But um, I've had a few people, I put, you know, I try to put something out a little at a time, but when I put the right thing out, it mm-hmm. goes out in a big way. Like I did uh-huh. a video uh, of just, singing to encourage someone else mm-hmm. and when I did that I you know I said okay I'm going to put it on Facebook and it was just so scary for me to do that mm-hmm. uh, that video got over a thousand views mm-hmm. and then people were they were putting a demand they were like when are you going to sing again you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was earlier this year and I'm like it took me months <laughs> that was like in February I just released another video on Facebook. It took me that long, but I'm like, okay, it's not going to take me that long anymore because obviously this is some of some of what I've been called to do to help people. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, I did another video, uh, and it was very inspiring and motivational, so I put it out. It, it helped me. You could see the mm-hmm. girl in me come out. Uh, right. I put it on Facebook, and, and people, you know, it's still – being viewed all praises to god people it is it's gone viral mm-hmm. and people are like okay are you going to do this every monday because i put out you know we need inspiration on monday we need motivation on monday because everybody's mm-hmm. working a job they're like oh it's monday again you know uh-huh. <laughs> can you help me so uh i released it on this past monday and now people are asking for it every monday so and i love doing it and it's an indication to me okay i'm i'm in the right zone that's right, exactly. You keep on doing that because, yes. you know, people. many times people will let you know what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. There will It'll be, be validation. Yeah, they'll confirm mm-hmm. it. God will confirm it with signs following, and you needed, you needed that to yes. say, okay, come on, come on, come on with right. it, come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> come on. Well, Parashant, it, it has been such a blessing uh, being with you today and talking to you about my mama told me motherly wisdom for everyday living. 
And I've been uh, blessed so, too, Dr. Faye. Thank you yeah. so much. And folks, you can get this book right now on Amazon or at Parashan's uh, dot com. P E R I S A N dot com. Parashan dot com. You can get that right there on her website. So go pick up your copy today and share it with your friends. I think this is a great share book. You know, get a copy, buy extra copies, give it to people for uh, gifts, birthday gifts, Christmas presents, or just give it to them, just period. doesn't have to be a holiday. Make it a holiday, uh, just an act of kindness, and share this book with them. My mama told me, Motherly Wisdom for Everyday Living by Parashan B. Hall, located at Amazon and also on Parashan, P-E-R-S-E-A-N.com. Parish on any closing remarks, and then I want you to do a word of prayer, please. Well, I just want to encourage everybody um, to find out who they are, you know, and and don't look outside, you know. Don't be, don't let external motivation move what's internally in you. Just look inside to find out who you are, and of course, that is through Christ Jesus. He is the maker, our maker, our preserver, our keeper. He knows more about us than we could ever know. Uh, I just want to encourage everybody to seek him to find out who you are and where your place is in life. Because once you hit that place, you're unstoppable. And your life will be so fulfilling. And you'll be able to impact so many body, so many people for the kingdom of God, which is what this is all about. So. Amen. Amen. And there you have it. Parashan, if you would pray for our listening yes. audience. Okay. Father, we thank you and we honor you, Lord, and we just recognize you as our Father, our God, our Maker, Father, our Keeper, our Deliverer, our Provider, Lord. If we can just remember your name, God, who you are to us. Lord, we belong to you, Lord. And for those that don't belong to you, Lord, I pray that you would draw them now by your Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you for this time. I thank you that you're blessing Dr. Faye, Lord, with her ministry. We thank you. We give you glory for what you're doing. I pray that every word that's shared on these airwaves, Lord, let it all be glorifying to you. Let it draw all men unto you, Lord. And we just want to trust you, Lord. We're trusting you now, and we're committing to become who you've called us to be, Lord. We don't want to get caught up in doing, Lord. Let us get caught up in being, Lord. And that is being who you created us to be. And a lot of times that requires us to be still. You said be still and know that you are God. So that means to me everything that I need to know is only in you. Yes, Lord. You are our source, oh God. Everything else is a resource. Without the source, There is no resource, Lord. And if we go on our own way, Lord, we're we're lost like a ship, Lord. And we know that if it had not been for you, the Lord who was on our side, where would we be, Lord? Yes. Lord, but help us to concentrate. Give us the grace, your grace. Help us to receive and recognize your grace for living, for loving, and for being. And we thank you, Lord. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Well, thank you. Parashan B. Hall, our guest today. Her book is My Mama Told Me. (laughs) Motherly Wisdom for Everyday Living. Go get your copy today. 
And don't forget to share this broadcast link with your network of friends across social media. We know it's been a blessing to you, and especially if you know of a woman who is in an abusive relationship, let this be an encouragement for her. Be a friend. Share this broadcast, and you will be able to assist her in making a decision to launch out in faith. God bless you, Parashon, for being here, and God bless you, you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening in on another Empower Me Now. I'm Dr. Faye. We love you, and we'll see you next time. God bless you now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.